are you feeling a little bit flat and maybe you've lost your wonder list or you're not even sure what your wonder list is well this podcast episode is for you My name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Casey Consultancy, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training, and inspiration. And with all the work I do, and all about empowering early educators to be the very best version of themselves by creating that perfect blend of professional knowledge and development alongside valuing your well being and self care. So, hi, happy Friday to you all. It's been a very busy week here, been glued to my office chair, writing my book as my deadline is looming. And a few days ago, I was feeling a little bit flat, maybe a little bit uninspired. And I don't know, you know, when we just get ourselves into a little bit of a funk and we're not quite sure how to get ourselves out of it. So I'm going to share in today's episode what I did and how it worked for me. So um, I've been making sure that I do lots of meditation this week. That's something that's really key for improving my own well-being and mental health. And I've been doing some fantastic sessions led by Kristen McGee. And in one of the sessions that we did together, it was all about calmness and finding your inner peace, which we can sometimes lose, especially on a busy day. And I love the mantra that she said. Um, so she said, peace begins with me. And I thought, gosh, yes, it really does. Especially when we think about how things are maybe in our classroom or in our home life when we're feeling really flustered or anxious or chaotic or frantic, that's because we're not calm inside and what's happening on the outside and around us is duplicating that, it's replicating what's going on in us. So I thought that this was a really good mantra to remember and use. And she suggested that when you say it, you actually just pinch each of your fingers on one hand as you say it. So peace begins with me. Why don't you give that a try and see if it works? She also gave a really fantastic reminder as well in a meditation session all around happiness, that sometimes in life we can become so obsessed with numbers so perhaps it's the numbers on a scale, maybe it's a number of likes you get on a Facebook post, maybe it's the amount of friends that you've got following you on social media, maybe it's the number in your bank account, maybe it's the number of things you need to, to do on your to-do list, perhaps it's a number of observations you've been told you have to get through that week of children, and these numbers can take away our happiness. And actually, if we reflect on the happiest times in our life, they're often the times when we forget all about numbers, we switch off from them. For me, it's definitely when I'm in nature, maybe on a hike, and numbers just don't even come into my brain at this point. So that was, again, another good reminder to just get outside and do something that makes you forget about your numbers. And my number thoughts this week has definitely been the word count on this book that I'm writing. So, yeah, I've been trying to meditate and I've been trying to get out in nature. 
And I've also been thinking, because I've been, <clears throat> excuse me, writing the section in my book, which is all about wanderlust and that sense of wanting to travel and see the world and go on adventures and that irresistible feeling that we get to join nature and feel the fresh air on our skin and experience mountains and hiking and lakes, etc. And I've been thinking about how we can refine it, especially when we have had a day when we've been chained to the computer or we've been mostly inside. How can we find our wanderlust again? So I wanted to share a few of the ways that I have rediscovered it. And I hope this helps you as well, because I feel like I couldn't write about wanderlust if I didn't feel it in my heart at that moment. And you definitely can't spread that love for Wanderlust with young children and teach about it in the Wanderlust Child Nature Study Programme if you as an adult haven't found it for yourself. So let's have a look at finding it and connecting ourselves back to it. So how to feel Wanderlust as an adult? Well, the first thing that I want to share with you, number one, is to create a shelf maybe somewhere in your home, in your study, maybe in, I don't know, your living room, that's filled with things that just spark that enjoyment for the world. Maybe it's some travel guides of places you've been to or places you would love to travel to. Perhaps it's some maps. Um, we have got lots of maps in our house and I do love collecting them when I'm going to different places. So we've got lots of maps now of hikes that we've done in the Lake District in the UK. We've got hikes of road trips we've been on in Canada and Finland and Norway. We've got maps of places like cities as well, like Miami that we've spent time in. And it's lovely to get these out and look at them and just remember, oh, do you remember when we went on that road trip through the Canadian Rockies and all the different places that we stopped off and saw like Johnson Canyon and Maline Lake? And when you're looking at that map, you kind of feel the glow, you get that sort of feeling where you want to go back there and you revisit all of those lovely memories associated with it. So try and build up a collection of maps. You might not have many to begin with, but try and build on it, set yourself a little goal. Um, I also like to have on this shelf collections of books all about nature and I just get them out every now and again and just flick through them and the books that you don't have to read cover to cover all in one sitting, the books that you can literally just pick up and go to a random page and just feel inspired by them. So a few of my favourite books, we've got the um, DK Natural Wonders of the World book. Um, which is quite a meaty book, um, but we love getting that out and daydreaming about going to South America one day and visiting Patagonia, for instance, or seeing, um, you know, a particular mountain range or um, swimming in a lake in maybe Maine in, in uh, North America. So it's really nice to just pick these up. And I also have a selection of gardening books um, because I love just picking at these and getting them out and thinking about how I can improve my own knowledge on certain aspects of gardening. Um, so I had mine out the other day actually trying to work out what the problem was with my tulips. 
that I've got in my front garden and they're growing in a nice pot and one of the pots growing beautifully the flowers are starting to bloom really impressed with them but one of my other pots um, a much shallower pot um, the leaves have all turned brown and I was a bit curious as to why that had happened so I pulled out my gardening book and flicked to the section on tulips and found out that maybe the soil was a little bit too dry and they'd caught this disease I can't remember ex its exact name now it was something to do with fire fire leaf or something like that where basically the leaves just dry out and it can stop your tulips from blooming but I love having books around nature just on the shelf that I can pick up and look at. I also have things like travel diaries as well. So when we've been to, um, to visit somewhere or uh, been on holiday, I like to keep a little journal, a daily journal of what we've done while we've been there, the experiences we've had, how we felt. And every now and again, I'll get these out and I'll just rejog my memory about what we did and there's always bits that you forget about maybe it was a lovely um sourdough bread and clam chowder that you had in san francisco um while you were sat looking at the sea and the sea lions perhaps it's the view that you saw after climbing to the top of a mountain and eating your cheese baguette um and just taking it all in and I love looking back at these and maybe you're thinking, well, I love the idea of setting up a little wanderlust shelf, but I haven't really got anything to put on it. Well, I bet you have. I bet you have something that you could put on it. Why don't you just start by having a photo in a photo frame of somewhere that you love and you've been to um, or a ticket, a special ticket of a journey you've been on. And then you can start building up your resources and your bank of things, but get started. It could be that you have an object, could be something like a shell that you found on a beach in Northumberland that you keep on this shelf to re-remind you of that lovely memory. So that's number one. So finding your wanderlust by creating a shelf, a wanderlust shelf, which is just for you. Okay, next number two is to write a bucket list of places that you would love to travel to and see. So this is your chance to be really daydreamy and dream big. You know, even if you're thinking, gosh, it's so expensive to travel all the way to such and such a place. Have dreams, write them down, because if you really feel that passionate about them, you'll find a way of making these happen. So... Yeah, think about where it is you'd love to see an experience. And I'm not saying that it has to be the far away places. Think about places that are not too far away as well in your country, in your region. Maybe it's a town that's not too far away from you and you've always thought, oh, it'd be nice to go and have afternoon tea in the cafe that I've heard about there. Write it down, put it on your list. I have, um, I've actually got two bucket lists. Um, so the first one is a list of places sort of generally around the world that we would love to see and experience in our lifetime. Um, and then the second list is places um, in Yorkshire, that's where I live, Yorkshire in the UK, that I would love to see and experience. So on there, I've got different hikes, 
and this was something that I decided to do during lockdown because I felt like I needed um, a few ideas on my bucket list which were more achievable and more likely to happen um, that were easier to plan for etc so um, if you're local to my area I've got um, going to um, Janet's Foss I think Janet's Foss waterfall uh, near Haworth um, I have the Harden Valley which we are yet to explore which I can't wait to, to do in the next few weeks so I feel excited when I look at that list and I can start to then think about the next few months and maybe pencil some of these ideas in. So have a think about your bucket list. And if you're not so bothered about thinking of places, why not think about opportunities that the seasons bring you that you would like to experience? So for me, I love seeing the field of wild garlic um, in our local woodland area. So that's on my spring bucket list. We've got a lovely walk that we can do that's down past a dam and through the woods and we get to see all the bluebells and wild garlic. In fact, we went last week, but we were a little bit too early to see the wild garlic field. So we'll be going again in a couple more weeks to see it. So I hope that helps. Okay, the next thing that I would like to suggest, number three, is find Wanderlust in your local area. So this links in a little bit with what I've spoken about already, um, but I just want to add to this by saying, recently we um, have been out walking a lot more in our local area and we'd only lived here a couple of months before lockdown began last year. So it was a new area to us. And so we wanted to explore it, but we weren't quite sure of all the different routes, etc. So we downloaded the OS map onto our phones and tablets. And this has been wonderful. It just helps us to see so many different walks that we can do. And it allows us to be adventurous on our doorstep. So sometimes we'll just head out in a direction for a walk and then we'll see a footpath going off to the side and I'll say, oh, I wonder where that goes to. Um, so we just pull up the OS map and we can see the route and see that it's actually a public right of way as well. Because um, you always want to make sure that you're following the rules there. So yeah, try downloading it. It does have um, a cost involved with it, but I don't think it's very much. And you can use it throughout the UK as well. So we use it when we go up to the Lake District and we track all our Wainwright routes. And I think we can even sort of program the route and the route profile and get it up on the tablet to show you the hills and um, sort of prepare yourself as well for the steepness of them. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my next tip. Okay, tip, are we on to number five, I think now, is to watch some documentaries. Um, we've had a free pass for the last six months to Disney Plus, and on there, they have got all of the National Geographical documentaries. And I don't think I've ever watched them before. So we've enjoyed sort of picking these up, maybe watching one of these a week. And I've just been fascinated in them. We've watched some on sharks. We've watched um, 
a series all about the national parks in America, which has been amazing to see and learn about all different wildlife and nature. And it definitely tunes into that wondrous feeling that you get. And of course, there's all of the great David Attenborough documentaries as well that you can watch. So find a particular area of nature that you love and see if there's some documentaries on it um, and try and watch one maybe once a week, once every two weeks, just to keep that wanderlust there for you. Okay, number six. So this is a game. We like to play the Wanderlust game. So I kind of made it up myself after reading the Wildflower Workbook by Katie Daisy. So this is a journal that's got lots of prompts in it for you to write down uh, maybe your favorite walks, your favorite times visiting a river, um, maybe your favorite hikes through the woodland. And I, I love just sort of, picking this book up and just sort of adding to it every few months or so. Anyway, I guess because it had been me and Matt um, <laughs> during lockdown for a little while, um, you kind of run out of things to talk about sometimes. And so we made up this game called The Wanderlust Game where we use the book and I just flipped to a random page and I said, okay, let's think about the hikes that we've loved taking in the last 16 years that we've been together. What have been our favorite hikes? Gosh, we have spoken about this, gosh, for ages, maybe an hour reliving the walks that we've done in the different places that we've visited. We've got photographs up on our phone and we said, oh, remember when we went there and how much fun it was? Or gosh, that hike was a bit tricky, wasn't it? But we kept on going and eventually we made it. And we can do it with all different types of prompts. Um, so yeah, maybe your favorite beach that you've ever been to, your favorite tree, um, the best wildflowers that you've ever seen, um, the best waterfall that you've ever witnessed, um, all kinds of things like that, make up your own. Um, and it's really fun to play and join in with. So I hope that inspires you a little bit. Okay, next is be curious and research your own questions. So this is something that we encourage our children to do lots, especially when we're going with the whole child-led play way of working. But do you ever do it yourself? Do you ever ask a question and take that responsibility to research the answer yourself? So as I said earlier, my tulips have been bothering me. So I wondered why the leaves were going brown and a little bit twisted. So I researched it and I used books, I used the internet to find out my answer. And it was quite satisfying to know. Um, and now I filed it away in my, in my little nature part of the brain. So I'll know for next time I can learn from this. Another thing that I've been curious about, well, this was actually a few weeks ago now, I was sat in the garden when we had some slightly warmer weather and I could hear this tapping sound on the bird box and I looked and I could see that there was a blue tit using its beak to just tap on the edge of the hole, the entrance into the box and I wondered why was the blue tit doing this? Was the entrance not big enough? Was he trying to make it bigger? Um, was he trying to signal and communicate something? So 
yeah, it was puzzling me. So again, I researched it and I found out the answer. Um, for those of you that are interested, it's because he was he or she um, were claiming that bird nesting box as theirs. They were putting up the soul sign on it like it was a house. Um, so yeah, I think we've seen them visit lots and lots since and I'm hoping that we get some blue tit babies in our little nesting box. That would be very exciting. So yeah, when were you last curious and asked and researched your own questions? And then lastly, it's all about going with a theme. So, you know, when you go on holiday or you go on an adventure, there's things that you really love about it. Or if you've booked a holiday before lockdown and it's had to be cancelled, you've probably felt quite disappointed. So I want you to tune into those feelings of disappointment and think, what is it exactly I'm missing about the opportunity to go on that adventure or that holiday? And then try and recreate these in your day, not saying every day, but try and build them into maybe a week that you've got. So it could be that you, one thing you love about being on holiday is eating the local food trying new recipes, um, well not recipes, meals maybe. Um, so something I like to do is plan almost themed nights, <laughs> um, maybe do one a month. So we'll pick somewhere that we've traveled to or somewhere that we would love to go to. And we create our own menu based on the experiences of food we might have here. And then we, we recreate it. We, um, we have our own themed evening around it. And I quite like trying to find some music as well that we might have heard while we were traveling through that area, um, just to sort of add to the atmosphere I'm creating. Another thing that I always love about being on holiday, and I didn't really realize just how important it was until I started reflecting on it, is the fact that I'm always awake first when I'm on holiday. I love being the first one up. And I like that quiet time of just maybe sitting on a balcony or a patio area and looking at nature and holding that cup of tea in my hand and just daydreaming and, and watching the start of a new day. I remember when um, we traveled down through the Florida Keys a couple of years ago now, and we had stopped off at a hotel for the night um, on Key Largo, which is one of the little islands. And I was awake first as usual. And I just opened the sliding door and went out onto the, the balcony. And I just watched the sea um, and the tide and um, listened to the birds that I could hear. And it was just lovely. It was such a calming way to start the day. And it was when I realised this that I began to think, right, especially in spring and summer, when the weather allows it to here in the UK, I'm going to get up. And instead of having my breakfast, say, in the kitchen, I'm going to take it outside into the garden because having that burst of fresh air on the morning is good for me. It's what I love about being on holiday. So yeah that's another thing and another way that you could create it so there you go there are my ideas of how you can bring a little bit more wonderness into your day 
and it really has helped me thinking about this and digging into my own wanderlust adventures that I've had to make me feel less flat and give me the inspiration that I needed to do my writing this week. So I hope that it helps you and I hope that it helps you feel um, better as well about teaching from the Wanderlust Child Nature Study Programme because I feel that if you've not got that love and that joy for it then it's going to come across as very flat with the children so I hope it helps. Okay, well, have a really lovely weekend and I will be trying my very best to be back with you again next Friday. Take care. Bye.